Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. I'm so excited to be joined today by Karen Hollenbach. She's one of Australia's leading independent LinkedIn specialist trainers and the founding director of Think Bespoke. Thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have the opportunity to chat. Thank you. Um, So look, to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to carve out your space as a LinkedIn expert. Well, I like to describe myself as a corporate escapee, although uh, 13 years into my entrepreneurial journey, I think that's kind of a bit old now. I've done <laughs> maybe this for even longer to some degree. So um, I established Think Bespoke in 2020, 2010 really as a result of seeking more flexibility in my life. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, I wrote resumes and I very quickly wrote LinkedIn profiles. Yeah. And being an ex-marketer, a strategic marketer, it was uh I just saw LinkedIn as a really obvious way to promote my business to my network because it is and remains the largest professional networking platform in the world. So tinkering away with some corporate training that I was doing and some LinkedIn profile writing and quietly telling my story via the LinkedIn profile experience and the LinkedIn company page experience, it started to draw attention to my existing clients, Mm. newer clients, but also my network generally. And they started to say to me, look, can can you do for us what you're doing for Think Bespoke on LinkedIn? And this was really at a time when LinkedIn was still, its heartland was still very much um, the sort of the job seeking, which it still is. And, and, you know, with these, uh, the, what my clients who are recruiters call candidate type market at the moment, it's still very much the place where people are headhunted. But really how I was using it was a was as a content marketing channel Mm. to raise awareness of my services and raise awareness of my brand. So I really decided to niche after a conversation with a career coach who thought my skill set around LinkedIn was quite unique. And from there, I built a reputation of um, what I called for a lot. This is really interesting in the context of uh, you know, the the journey, the entrepreneurial journey, but I used to call myself a LinkedIn training specialist. And this this word expert was given to me and it really didn't sit comfortably for a yeah. while. And that's fine. I think that's a part of everyone's journey about how yeah. other people identify them. And I eventually did adopt it. And in 2018, I was identified by the Social Media Marketing Institute in the top 20 LinkedIn experts. And then 2019 wow. hit the top 10, which was great, really nice peer review. Uh, and now it's, you know, I think it's a, a byproduct of working with great clients over an extended period that I'm actively referred by people for my LinkedIn expertise. And let's face it, LinkedIn's become, I'd be interested in your experience with this, mm-hmm. that LinkedIn has become the first choice for a lot of B2B organisations, CEOs and thought leaders. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it, it's very hard to find those CEOs and that B2B sort of that right decision maker on other channels because on other channels I like to think of people with their social hat on, with their relaxed, tuned out sort of hat on, whereas when you're on LinkedIn, you are more in that business-focused space and mindset and I think you're so spot on that you were such an early adopter of that because I think it took, you know, a good five years 
when I think about 2010, you know, we both started around the same time. I, I think it took a, a good five years to people to savvy up mm. to the fact that, especially as small business owners, there was a great opportunity on LinkedIn to stand out in a new way. Yeah. And from a networking perspective, I mean, that's why I had really young children. And so my mm. ability to get out and network, not because of any lockdowns or COVID <laughs> restrictions, was purely out of the reality of having young children, yeah. you know, under the age of, um, you know, five and 10 at various stages of, of my life. And so in 2020, we saw that there's been a 50%, there was a 50% increase in conversations that were going on yeah. via LinkedIn messaging. And it consistently surprises me that people uh, don't realise that LinkedIn is so much more than your profile. There's a news yeah. feed, it's a great place to do research, there's events yeah. now. So it's really evolved. And I think it's almost, I find your comment about the social hat interesting I think LinkedIn is trying to put yes. a social hat on and yes. I think uh, and that's I always think of and you'll appreciate this as a marketer I think about Coca-Cola and the way Coca-Cola measures its market share and it thinks it looks at how much people need to consume how much liquid yeah. they need to consume to survive that was always sort of the metric of market share and I think LinkedIn is the same it's really starting to go after well we want a share of attention and those yeah. cheeky social media platforms are getting much more attention each day than we are yeah. which comes through in user stats so I think they're trying to put their social hat on so I think it's a really interesting time on LinkedIn for, yeah. for the platform owners mm. and the you know the tech uh, and the the product designers to be thinking about how they want to serve the community because I think the fact that it's not as social and it is for business yeah. is what makes it attractive. Oh, 100%. I, and that's what I was just thinking as you were saying that it's you just hope that the people steering the ship don't just make it a me too. You know, don't be Instagram that just yeah. looks at whatever new product is working for someone else and folds it in because it confuses people mm. and it dilutes people's ability to to have a really clear message because you're spreading yourself thin you're trying to yeah. do the next one and the next one where I think LinkedIn's greatest power is perhaps staying the course yeah and, I agree and I had yeah. a, a little chuckle to myself this morning because LinkedIn announced well some users have got scheduling from your LinkedIn profile and then I noticed only today that that's been announced on Instagram. And I thought, gee, that's a milestone moment. But, ah. you know, LinkedIn's <laughs> offered in-platform scheduling about, oh, 24 hours or maybe 48 hours ahead of Instagram. Imagine um, the high fives in the, yeah. in the boardroom yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just having a conversation with someone this morning about you know, I can't even think it was pre-pandemic, but there was a period where LinkedIn people started posting memes. And I was like, no, like don't yeah. don't make that about this here. I don't want that clutter. I, I want to go on LinkedIn and have that cleaner, clearer experience mm -hmm. with my, as you say, with my networking hat on or with my, you know, maybe I'm looking for candidates for the business or maybe I'm looking to do business and I don't want that clutter that I get yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, and so I do have a solution for that. If we have the opportunity to talk about some tips, I definitely will include that in my tips for improving your LinkedIn user experience. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Well, look, Karen, as the CEO of your business, you know, as CEOs, we all know that that balance of working on our business and working in our business continues to be the the hardest thing to 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 grasp and and to continually get right. So, how do you you know manage that balance for yourself? 
Well, I, I think I'm very self-disciplined mm-hmm. and I think that will make or break you as someone that runs your own organisation. And I'd have to put the little sort of uh, disclaimer on that, <laughs> three out of four weeks, I'm yes. really self-disciplined. So I tend to sort of really hit my strides most of the month and there'll be, I mean, this is the flexibility, right, of, of running your own show. There'll be moments when um, I will take the afternoon off. So the self-discipline yeah. is key. I think having run my business for 13 years, um, it's really I now know what works and what doesn't. So I remember three or four years ago, I really started to think about um, this idea of I have write a strap plan. So this idea of uh, build or grow the known. Mm. So really focusing in on what I knew was doing really well, that, whether that be a particular client base or a particular program, for example, my lunch mm. and learns that I started pre pandemic and that served me really well oh, yeah. for a number of reasons to for new clients to get to know me, but also to keep me up to date with all the constant changes mm. of LinkedIn. So in terms of that sort of balance, I've got a strat plan, I have a content plan, sales plan, and a networking plan. So it's really good to document right. the plan, but I also do implement them and then just stay very focused on the plan because I think it's easy to get distracted. And so yeah. that's where that self-discipline comes in. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and what about morning habits? Do you have any morning habits that set you up for success? Well, this is interesting. I'd have to say a good night's sleep yes. the night before. <laughs> and then my next one would be coffee yeah. is a really important one. And I use a CRM called HubSpot. So mm-hmm. I really like to plan my week the Friday or the Thursday that I've sort of finished working. And so I, I try to make the whole thing quite mindless. So I know as long as I'm sitting in front of my desk and I'm looking at my HubSpot tasks, I know exactly what to do. I'm also yeah. a big plan, a, a big fan of Cal Newport. So I time block. Uh-huh. So I'm very much in control of my calendar and I'm very clear about when I'm doing that focused work for existing clients or maybe yeah. deep work um, where I'm working on the business and thinking about a, a program or a, a course I might be developing. And then I've got available times for clients to reach me. So I'm really quite in control of what I'm doing across the re- week and really aware of my rhythm. So the, yeah. the morning habits tend to be sort of preset. It's, you know, it's yeah. a good night's sleep, it's good breakfast, it's um, a decent coffee that my wife, I call it a marriage maker. My <laughs> husband makes me this beautiful coffee every morning from the Gargia, uh, this sort of vintage Gargia machine. Um, and then I tend to sort of, in terms of exercise, which I know a lot of people put into their morning habits, I tend to block that on my days off. Mm. So I can get very distracted um, if I sort of go for a walk in nature or sort of get out in the garden. So I tend to yeah. have my sort of blocks of working yeah, and then my blocks of recreation. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I think, yeah, it's a really interesting point because in some ways by blocking that, getting out in nature or exercise on days off, you actually probably enjoy it more because you can give yourself more time. You can go further if that's how you feel or you can actually use that I have been having conversations about creativity as well you know use that time to allow creativity to infuse without that sort of it's 45 minutes and I'm in the door and showered and I'm doing that you know where how sometimes we do border exercise for exercise not the whole experience of what it could be I think that's very much been my experience and I I've just let myself get over the guilt of not mm. doing the daily. I mean, I do, I'm a bit of a fan of sitting out in the sunshine at lunchtime and you know, <laughs> I'll sort of sit down in front of my garage with my dog and, and yeah. take a big dose of vitamin D. Yeah. Um, but you asked me about morning rituals, not lunchtime <laughs> rituals. Not me um, 
But I, I mean, as someone who runs their own business, you, I don't feel like I ever really switch off. Mm-hmm. So if I'm telling myself that, okay, this is a, I actually do a four day week mostly. Yeah. Oh, I love depends that. Depends if I'm speaking at a conference or depends on the client load. But that Friday, while I'm not working or have scheduled meetings with my clients, I think you're right. It's this block of creativity that allows mm-hmm. me to have thought bubbles or resolve things. Yes. I've been thinking about or make decisions to pursue things or decisions to not do things. Yeah. And because I'm giving myself that space away from the desk, yeah. away from technology. Yeah. It, it really means I'm highly productive on the four days that I'm technically working and I'm I'm thinking about those bigger things when I'm being creative and being and spending Absolutely. time in nature. And when you're not forcing it, you're not yeah. sitting down, as you said, at the desk, pen to paper, right. This is the time. I need to solve this and this and, you know, the the mind just doesn't work like that, mm. you know. Mm. It, it can to a certain degree but where the richness comes from is when you leave it alone, yeah. when you let your subconscious tick it over and, and, and you know, probably come to a, a stronger answer without the pressure on yourself as well. And it's taken me a while to work that out. Mm. Like for, I, it's, I think I don't know if it's a byproduct of age or maturity or time in business but it's certainly only the last three to five years that mm. I've worked out that that's what works for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm interesting in that regard. I'm so action-orientated. I'm such a to-do list person that I do find it really hard to stop and just be and mm. let that be valuable time as well. You know, let myself recognise that as valuable time. I Yeah, it's something I'm trying to work on more. Maybe yeah. 2023 goal. <laughs> well, it's a good goal. And I have this, you know, be not do yeah. plan and to really do less what I did do, do better. Yeah. And that was a challenge for me because I can always see um, I am that to-do list person too. Mm. If you want something done, give it to a busy person. That's traditionally <laughs> how I've navigated my whole life. <laughs> and it's interesting discovering a different version of myself and coming back to your point about creativity it's definitely opened up my creative channel in a way that makes it sort of injected I I enjoy my business it's Mm. brought more joy into everything I do because the being it's it's hard to be when you've done lots of doing it's hard to slow down and in the process of doing that you discover new things about yourself that you can't imagine when you're in the busyness of the to-do list yeah, no, I'm I'm really I'm really open to it. And I think it's important. I think it's important, you know, for mental well-being. I think yeah. it's important for growth in you in different ways as well to to get away from that mindset. So, um awesome. Thank you. So, back to LinkedIn. Why do you think that CEOs need to pay attention to LinkedIn? Well, it will really depend on the organization that that CEO represents Mm. I think if they've got a b2b focus and their clients are on there uh, they really don't have a choice because it's (laughs) it's where their community who they serve are spending all of their time and it's people who they're trying to influence Mm. however separate to that if they are a leader of their organization regardless of whether they're in the b2b space or not it is also where people will look them up for the first time so you want to be in control of the information that's available about you. And I, I spoke with a, uh, a boutique superannuation firm last week and the CEO sort of got up at the end and talked about sort of the highlights for him, the things that he thought came through about the training that I did. And he said, look, the thing that's landed for me is that LinkedIn is my 24-7 
online ambassador. It's my professional mm. ambassador. And so I think we've sort of entered this world of people acknowledging they need to take control of their online reputation. Yeah. So if I Google you, what can I find out about you being in control of that information that's available about you online? And yeah, it's great to have your social hat on and to be engaging with your friends and family over on other more social platforms. You probably need to lock those privacy settings yes. down. 100%. And, <laughs> and in your active job search, I mean, I know we're not talking about that in the context of a CEO, but for anyone, you need oh, to be yes. really aware of oh, yes. everyone researches you online. And some people don't even do the the blanket Google now. They just go onto LinkedIn and type in your name. Yeah. So yeah. that would be the first reason. I think the other um, thing to think about is if you have a goal to build awareness of your subject matter expertise mm. and the services that you provide, LinkedIn provides some extraordinary features now via the create creator mm. mode of your LinkedIn profile. So think Instagram influencer. Mm. It's the B2B equivalent. And so if you're already producing content, if you're writing a regular newsletter, if you have a position on something, if you're advocating for something, if your services or your products provide a certain solution. I'm not saying you have permission to be incredibly salesy from your profile. Mm -hmm. However, you do have the opportunity to educate and build awareness. And of course, networking. Yeah. So people do business with people who they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So if I'm wanting to, you've got the providing services feature via your LinkedIn profile now. Um, an executive recruiter I work for says she finds all of her service providers via basic LinkedIn searches now. Uh, you know, it's just become almost like a directory mm. for business. So if you're not on it, you're really missing out on a lot of conversations. And I think if you separately, if the CEO is responsible for sourcing talent or you're yeah. having trouble finding people to work for you that's because the world has changed and everyone wants the side hustle and everyone wants yeah. to have a hybrid job and they yeah. don't want to come into the office five days a week so you there are mechanisms within LinkedIn through the company page experience where the CEO can direct their marketing team or whoever is managing this for them to demonstrate the values of the organization and how you are an employer of choice so there's yeah. not only features within the company page and optimizing your company page mm -hmm. on LinkedIn to do that um, but then also what you post if you choose to post from your company page, you're showing what it's like to work at your organisation. And there are a bunch of uh, emerging individuals who will not work for you unless you've got demonstrated values. And let's look at Brexit, uh, what happened with the Teals. There's people being mm. disenfranchised with the organisational voice and they're yeah. much more interested in what the leaders of the organisation have got yeah. to say and what they stand for. I think I've noticed that shift, you know, a, a lot. It, it's almost, and I know for for some time it's been a, you know, an employee's market, but you are having to sell more, you know, what's great about working here and what you'll get and what we'll do for you. I I I certainly remember, you know, when I was a job hunter twenty years ago. You were selling yourself, you know, yeah. you were, I'll do yeah. anything. I'll work long hours. I'll, I'll, it's you know. really, really different. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting times, but at the same time, there's a finite market for hmm. organizations recruiting. And so the conversations I'm having with organizations now um, are as much, can you please show us how to use our LinkedIn company page to attract better talent um, as much as can you please show us how to use our LinkedIn company page to build awareness of our services and products, which I just find so interesting. Yeah. And that's particularly happened since 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Massive shift. Fantastic. So I guess 
understanding the importance of of LinkedIn, both the you know the personal page and the business page, because they do have two, I guess, unique yet interconnected roles to play. Um, especially for you know the CEO of the organization. What are your top tips for people to maximize LinkedIn? Well, I think personally for the individual, it would be to develop a LinkedIn profile strategy. So I don't want anyone to do anything just because Marianne and Karen said it was a good <laughs> idea. Uh, but really think about, well, what do I want to be known for when I'm on LinkedIn and who am I trying to influence? And the people I'm trying to influence are they actually on LinkedIn. And you can work that out pretty quickly from a search. So think about, okay, if I'm going to, if I embrace the concept of LinkedIn being my 24 hours a day, seven days a week online ambassador, if I know that my client communities are on there, what what am I trying to achieve? So you can achieve, my tip would be at the very least, you need to optimize your profile. So you need to look at all the different features within your LinkedIn profile and say, well, which ones are for me? Do I need to, do I feel like I need to pronounce my name? Would I like to do the 30 second video that introduces me? Um, oh, Karen said something about creator mode. Oh, I can put a link that takes people straight to my website at the top of my LinkedIn page. I can brand it. I can. There's just so many things yeah. you can do. You can list your services. You can get five-star ratings via the services you list. I mean, it's, it's just gone next level. There's so many sort of bells mm. and whistles. Um, and you can choose to publish a newsletter from your LinkedIn yeah. profile. So, my tip is deciding don't get caught up in all the bells and whistles. Decide your strategy first. What do I want to be known for? Who am I yeah. trying to influence? And then this is just going to sound so obvious. I'm going to say it though. Spend mm. time on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. On a regular basis. So what I like about LinkedIn is it's not like social media and you can have meaningful conversations and raise awareness of your uh, of yourself, which is effectively one of the key things that it can help you do by simply contributing as a community member. So what I mean by that is liking and commenting, deciding the conversations that you wish to join, mm. resharing other people's updates, um, celebrating people's successes. And the key way to do that is to curate your news feed. So that would be my other top tip. So decide your strategy, optimise your profile relevant to that. Don't write it like you would write a CV <laughs> or an annual board report that talks about you in the third person. That's not relevant. Yeah. It's you talking about you um, and then clean up your news feed and just spend some time there and have a look at what conversations mm. are going on and dive in if you want to. Um, and, and so they're sort of the basics I really think and what I, I make a point of saying it doesn't have to involve creating and posting content. Mm. You can actually be quite active on LinkedIn with a strategy and a well thought out okay these are my you talk about this the content pillars like what are yeah. the things I'm going to talk about we'll just think about who's commentating on them and join the conversation mm. and then from an organizational point of view uh, again there's a lot of features now available from the company page including a lead gen form and that's completely separate from having lead gen forms through LinkedIn advertising so okay. organizations you can run paid ads in the same way you yes. would on Facebook or Instagram uh, the company page is where you can run paid ads. Yeah. You can also do in mails. Um, so I would be looking, encouraging an organisation to optimise those features in mm. the same way that you would uh, optimise, not exactly the same way as a website, but with the same sort of thinking. Yeah. Um, and make sure all of your team members are listed correctly on your company page. Make sure you don't have some randoms from a country that you don't even... Oh, dear. 
That just makes me think, oh, I've never checked. (laughs) You need to check. And then you've got to have that delicate situation with people, you know, you did that sort of small project for me eight years ago. Would you mind just not (laughs) saying that you work for us? And so that's sort of a, that's a delicate conversation. And then, so at the very least, take the directory of the LinkedIn company page seriously, optimize it all if people land there for the first time, and then have a look at, okay, this is also a place that we could be posting content that demonstrates what we do. If you're Mm. a software company um, or if you're in particular industries, the LinkedIn company page now also offers a products page where you can showcase some of your products. It's feeling dangerously like a Facebook page. (laughs) Um, And so just use your discretion around just my top tip is audit your Mm. company page and nominate someone within your organisation to take responsibility for it. Put it in their role profile that they are the person responsible for your uh, company's LinkedIn presence. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic tips and really actionable tips as well, which I really appreciate. Um, Yeah, really, really, I think that that act, and it's true of all social media, but showing up, you know, the the, the most lovely pre-scheduled content in the world is is not going to go anywhere if you if you're never there, if you're yeah. never having yeah. genuine interactions. And uh, you know, really interesting to think about taking your content pillars and then I guess strategically following people, organizations, media outlets on LinkedIn so you can contribute to those conversations yeah. and be seen by more of your ideal client and, and target audience is, you know, definitely got me thinking about well, you know, what I need to be doing on there as well. And it just I think when I tell people this, it takes the pressure off. Mm. They realize that LinkedIn is quite different in that way. So when I talk to people about the fact that you don't have to have that pressure of creating content, it's having that strategic, intentional mindset, being clear about what you want to be known for, who you're trying to influence, how do these content pillars come to life by who I follow, Mm. who I allow in my newsfeed, and to really do that curation step of cleaning up your newsfeed, Mm. unfollowing, connect. I'm not saying do not remove connections. That's not what I'm saying. Unfollow them. You can also follow and go to people's intro cards. So let's just say people really wanted to get your updates on LinkedIn Mm. or they wanted to get my updates on LinkedIn. They can follow me and then there's a little bell that exists in my intro card and they can ring my bell (laughs) and it means they'll get notified that I have posted something. So there's ways to really say, okay, this is how I want to stay informed on LinkedIn. This is who I know is commentating on this. And I do this with two particular people on LinkedIn who... Mm. I feel like they just breathe social media. So the only reason I know that Instagram has got this new wow. scheduling tool is there is a guy out of the UK that just, I feel like he sits on his phone yeah. all day, every day, just posting every single update from every single platform. Yeah. And so I've learned that he's always the first one that shares any news. Which is anything. fantastic. Hmm. So just think about how you want to use the platform in that way. I mean, that can keep you informed. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you want to share it. It just keeps you informed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like getting the newspaper, you know, for us old people back in the day. <laughs> it's just habit, right? It's a yeah. habit. And, and I think, you know, giving yourself, whether it's 10 minutes, three times a week, or, you know, giving yourself some sort of structured time, you know, coming back to your comments on time blocking and really being intentional mm-hmm. with your time. I think if you, especially if you were like, 
that we are disciplined people. You set yourself a discipline routine of, you know, it's five minutes, three times a week or, or 10 minutes, a couple of times a week where I'm going to go on and I'm going to seek out meaningful areas. I can add value as well as contribute. I think um, you can really, you can really start to raise your profile and, and reap the benefits of the platform as well. Definitely. And I encourage people to have a networking mindset when they do that. So rather than necessarily be sitting at their laptop or sitting in their normal work environment mm. to make themselves a cup of tea, pour themselves a drink that they enjoy in whatever form, alcoholic uh-huh. or non-alcoholic, sit in a chair, like they're engaging in a conversation with someone, like look at their phone. And I think you'll find the way you navigate, the way your use of LinkedIn mm. is quite different to I see a lot of uh, recruitment clients that I work with, it's a source of talent. So they're searching all the time. And I have to say to them, you need to separate that time. So I understand that you're looking for candidates. However, what I'm talking about in terms of raising your profile and starting conversations and contributing meaningfully is a totally different mindset. And it's, I'm not trying to um, sort of promote an idea in that moment. I'm not trying to get anything. I'm meaningfully connecting with people in my community. Yeah. And exactly right. As you would at a networking event. I mean, we all cringe of the person at the networking event that, you know, the first question is, what do you do? And then the second question, well, the second's not a question. It's their verbal diarrhea mm. of, of what they do and why you need it and mm. you know, what the next steps are. And they hand you a brochure. Yes. Rotate <laughs> yeah. your business card and that you're on their email list the next yes, week. So you like, never what? ask for. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Oh, that's really great. Thank you so much, Karen. You've been so generous with your tips and and I really appreciate that. I think there's a lot of uh, really, you know, important food for thought there and, and I'll definitely be sharing links of where people can find you and connect with you and, you know, continue that conversation as well. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.